Almost Awakened podcast, a no-nonsense approach to spirituality. Here we dive deep into the wisdom traditions while acknowledging insightful breakthroughs in science, psychology, and human development. Our goal is to explore the good life and the very best of spirituality, no-nonsense required. Check us out at almostawaken.org where you can check out past episodes, make a donation, email us a question or comment, or find out more about the resources we shared. And now, today's podcast episode. Welcome to another episode of Almost Awakened. I'm your co-host, Mikkel. I'm Bill. And this morning, we're talking to Jennifer, Jennifer Saunders. So, Jen, why don't you give us a little intro, like maybe explain how we know each other and what we're going to be talking about this morning. (laughs) Well, first of all, thank you for being awake early on a Saturday and uh, giving me the opportunity to be part of your show and uh, the good work that you guys are doing. I really appreciate it. Uh, Mikkel and I met, oh my gosh, we met many years ago at a personal development group and you know, I, I don't know about Mikkel, but for me, it was one of those meetings where, like, you just see someone from across the room and you know that you know them or that you want to know them. And that's kind of what that that uh, first meeting with Mikkel was for me is I saw her. I'm like, I got to know that girl. And uh, once I once I did have the opportunity to meet, I just was I was uh, enamored is the word that came comes to mind. Just really happy to get to know more about Mikkel and uh just I, I love who she who you are. Yeah, it's it's funny when I think back, Jen, about how we met because when do you when do you first remember seeing me? Because for me it was at um when we were clearing out some land um up in the mountains for somebody's cabin. Yeah, it's so for me it was actually before that. We were in a we were in a room and uh full of people and you were sitting a couple rows behind me with a few other people you just gotten you had just gotten a new haircut that was very um bold for you oh, and oh yeah and, yeah and remember you had some some fun stripes in it and i believe it was a, a purple-ish color part of it mm-hmm. not your whole head and i just thought wow that takes so much courage especially in the community and, and some of the group that we're in and it, you just really stood out so it was in that meeting that I first really noticed you and we actually kind of like caught caught line of sight. And, but I don't think we talked in the, in that particular meeting. Hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> Je- right? Jennifer, I, uh, I took the time yesterday to listen to your Ted talk, which by the way, the, the audience should know uh, Jennifer has done a Ted talk. If I remember right, it has something to do. The title is something like hiding and seeking, right? It's hide or hide seek. Or seek. Loving. Yep, loving outside. Yeah, the and it, it was beautiful. I love the moment, and and we'll get into to this moment. I think later. But I love the moment where you you had everybody stand up and you had everybody hug the person next to you, because five <laughs> years ago, there's no way in hell I would have done that. I would have I would have just sat back down and balked at it, and and right. and today I would have loved it, but I would have wondered if the person next to me was uncomfortable. But you gave this beautiful TED talk, and you talk about leaving the constructs of what family gave you, what cult your society gave you, what your religious system gave you and to walk away from that scared of what you're losing, but then stepping into the darkness and kind of testing it out. And you mentioned all the lights that are out there in the darkness. Um, maybe speak mm-hmm. to that for a moment. Cause that really spoke to me. Mm. I actually really appreciate you bringing that up. Um, I recently 
And and I love that you brought it up because a few other people from like across the world have actually reached out to me and asked that very question because they're like, there's what is that? What are those lights? Like we get that. And honestly, Bill, I think it's different for everybody what those lights are. Um, as a younger person, I don't know that I knew what those lights were. I just knew that there was that there was something and I could feel it. I could sense it. I could hear it. And um, being the person that I that I was at that point, I I really just stayed within the constructs of what was safe, which was my religion at the time. Um, and but as I as I started to grow and develop and, and heal and, and all that fun stuff, I just there was always this call for me. It, it, it honestly started with I think there's more to God for me. And there's more to this um, religious stuff. That's really where it started for me. And I just thought there's more. And I wanted to know what the more was. So I started seeking a spiritual path and really just had my eyes and my world opened to, oh, my gosh, there's so much more than this, this circle that I've created for myself. And once I started to gain the courage to cross those lines, I, I started to learn what those lights were. And, um, you know, some of that was religion. Some of that was sexuality. Some of that was um, a, a greater worldview. Um, some of it was just learning how to have fun again. So I think I, I think it's different for everybody. And and at the same time, I can see the commonality and why it why it calls to other people. And, and it like speaks to your heart. It's fascinating to me that um, we go so long living our lives within those circles, Jen. And so it makes me wonder, like, what was it for you that that made you want to explore anything outside of that that circle that you had created or that your religion and society had created for you? What was it that gave you the courage to to step out beyond that? Because that was, for me, that's what was safe and and um, not scary, if that makes sense. And so stepping outside of that, as you know, can be really scary. So what what was it that called you outside of that and what gave you the courage to move beyond that? Um, you know, again, again, I, I get the safety thing. I lived in it for so long and, and it, it really worked for me until it didn't. <laughs> and I, I have this part of me. Um, and, and I believe we all have this part of us, this, our heart and our soul that calls to us. Like it, it speaks to the things that we came. I still am a believer that I came to this planet to learn some things that I wanted to learn that that would help progress my soul, whether that means that I I end up in another life somewhere else or progression as I, you know, I don't believe necessarily in progression as I learned it. Um, But I do believe that we're always progressing, that uh, I I actually can go kind of a little bit with past lives. and, And I actually believe that we live many lives inside of this one life. And so it's that it's that part of me that that seeks growth that seeks adventure and and is willing to take some risks in order to find out what that is. And and sometimes we get burned. Sometimes I've been burned or it feels like I've been burned. Um, and then the higher parts of me go, it's all just part of the part of the journey. And so I think what changed for me was it was just an intense feeling of I I can either stay in this space that I'm, I'm air quoting that feels comfortable 
and safe, or I can follow this thing that's like the vibration and the motion inside of me that's like there, you have got to move and, and, and find this thing that your heart and your soul is calling for, or I can die. Basically, that was, that was it is I can stay safe and die, or I can take a risk and really learn how to grow. And that's, that's what it was for me is I really, it came down to this question for myself of what is God? Who is God? And is it this thing that I have been taught and really believed in for so long? Or, or is it possibly something greater than, than that? And I wanted to know the greater. So that gave me enough courage to start at least exploring into some different avenues of learning as far as spirituality goes. And, and then, once that started happening, then the the sexuality just kind of came right along with it. You in back to your TED talk for a moment. Um, there's a story you tell about being with a, a group of prostitutes from a really poor country. I can't remember if it was Cambodia or where the what was the country it was. It was Jennifer. Yeah, that was Guatemala. Guatemala, and you talk about being in their space and them and. Almost, almost shedding layers of like what we're told to think about all of these different things, whether it's poor people, whether it's a prostitute, whether it's somebody who's just different than us in some way, whether it's color of skin or religion or language. You seem to be speaking to kind of shedding those layers of judgment away in that story. And I think you point to something which is it's so hard to do it when your system tells you it's the right system. And it tells you that anyone else who doesn't have that system is somehow less than or broken. And and your TED Talk seemed to be this, like, just stepping out and like, hey, look, I just want to see other human beings and accept them and love them and know their story. Tell us a little bit more, maybe for the audience who either doesn't listen to the TED Talk or wants more context of that story. What happened there? Yeah. First of all, I'd say go listen to the TED Talk. (laughs) It's pretty awesome. Um, I'm pretty proud of that. And I really appreciate you guys – putting it out there for the audience to know that it's there. Um, the story, um, the context is, and, and you nailed it right on the head, is that I, for most of my life, that as far back as I can remember, I've had this desire to love people as Christ loves people. You know, that was my upbringing. That's, that's what I studied. But I feel like it was even deeper than that for me, and <laughs> which means that, that we get to have experiences that knock us down, that shave off our rough edges, that, you know, just roll us around in the mud. And in order for us to really get to a place where we can see and feel and understand the people around us and how much alike we are versus different. And that the things that we experience in this life are just that. They're just experiences that we're going through in order to learn lessons. And sometimes the things that people are going through are for us to learn a lesson, maybe not even necessarily them. So as I started to learn these concepts, and I, I had this opportunity to go to Guatemala. We were building a house for people who live on the dump, like the actual dump. And prostitution is really big in this part of Guatemala um, as a way for these women to make a living and support their families. And they they prostitute with truck drivers because the truck drivers get the first say of what comes on their dump trucks. And so it's a way for these women to have the things that they need. And it really opened my eyes to the fact that, first of all, these are human souls who have emotions and feelings just like I do. And they care for their little ones just like I do. 
and they want human dignity and happiness just like I do. And when I learned that we were going to have this opportunity to go to this meeting with an entire room of prostitutes, it's a women's group, but most of them, this is how they earn their living. And I found myself just in an interesting headspace thinking, okay, I know the judgments that I've learned about this. And now I'm in this space where I see people, I see women who are wanting and not just wanting, they're full on celebrating their relationship with God and they're singing about him and and they're praising their hands in the air. And the feeling that I felt, they were singing some, these songs and it, the message drove to my core. I was in full on sups up like sobbing tears and I had no idea what they were saying. I didn't understand the language and Luckily, I was in the back of the room, so really just the couple people who were with me and the interpreter, so I wasn't making too big of a scene, and my interpreter just looked at me, and she just hugged me, and I said, what are they saying? And I honestly, in, in this moment right now, don't remember exactly what they're saying, but they were praising God, and they're saying, thank you for seeing us, and we're so happy that you're in our lives, and we're proud to be your children. <laughs> I, I was taken to the core, and that day I thought, wow, I... I have I, I've been clueless. I've been clueless and I've just had my eyes opened and to what it's really like to love people who are different. And at that point, I was really struggling with being different um, because I was just coming into who just hit a chord. Thank you. Um, really coming into my own sexuality. And so to be in this room of these misfits and outcasts and to feel so at one and at peace was an amazing gift for me. I uh, I just want to follow up with a, with a comment, which is that I think all of us at various stages in our life, we have this certainty that we're right about things. <laughs> and that certainty, it squashes the learning spirit, right? It, it squashes the, the curiosity. It squashes our ability to learn from somebody else's story. And uh, your TED Talk spoke to me deeply as I was listening to it yesterday morning. Um, that, that even now that I'm on this other side of things and I like to claim I'm awakened, the reality <laughs> is that I'm still squashing learning at times by being judgmental and, and being so certain that, that I've got certain parts of this figured out. And that story just spoke to me, kind of humbled me a little bit. I've just got to quiet down and start learning again and be more open than I was, uh, was 48 hours ago. Yeah, thank you. And I, again, I, y- you hit it right on the head. Like for myself, I, I very much have been in that place where I just knew, which didn't leave any room for anything new. And once I started to really learn how to shed that, then then life really began and the colors started to come out more and the sounds are sounds are brighter and, and more intense and you know food tastes better and people are just amazing. Now I mean let's be real, I'm human. I still get annoyed. I still judge but I'm a lot quicker to come back to like, wait a second, there's a story and there's a, there's a reason. And are you willing to ask the questions, whether just to yourself or to the person and really, really understand the whys and, and take, it takes a lot of courage and vulnerability to do that, but it's a beautiful thing. I just, I just love Jennifer. And every time I talk to her, I'm reminded again of why she's such an amazing human being. And it was, it was my experience in this self-improvement group that I was in with Jennifer that opened my eyes to 
the goodness of humanity and that um, to give space for people to be who they are without expecting them to be any different. Yeah. Yeah. We we can only show up how we are, right? Like we just like, we we get it. We're attracted to certain personalities in terms of friendships or relationships, lovers, but everybody's just being human the way they know how. And, and, and some of us are, we're making some mistakes. Um, we all make mistakes. Some of them are bigger than others. We're, we're learning, man, life is just messy and complex. And, uh, <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, I don't know what to do with it. It's just, it's, it, but it also makes life beautiful. Yeah. I, sometimes I call it brutal. <laughs> yeah. For real. Like it just, you know, there's so much, so much pain and crap. And, but at the same time, although I wouldn't necessarily want to go through some of that stuff again, it's, it's what shapes me and it's what shapes the people around me. And I think when we're willing again to step aside or outside of the constructs of the things that we've learned or have ingrained in ourselves, um, cause it takes, I mean, let's be real. It takes a lot of deconstruction in order to really be open to the learning out there of, you know, everyone, everyone has a purpose. Everyone's amazing. And even the people that we run into that just like great our nerves if we're open enough to it, we can we can actually say thank you for coming into my life. <laughs> what is it that that I get to learn from you? And when we when we take the time to do that, um, we start to see that person differently, and we start to see their own um, godness or their own um, you know deity, universalness, whatever that is for you, and. And we see them as a gift. And it doesn't mean that we necessarily keep them in our lives, but we say thank you for, for what you you have taught me and helped me in my own progression and then then you know moving on sometimes. And I that's it's such a beautiful thing. Such a beautiful thing. It is something that I still need to work on. I, I'm always working on <laughs> some, some days I'm way more amazing at it than others. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes I don't see people as a gift and I I'm not very nice, but yeah, progress. It's, it's, it's just giving yourself space to mess up and giving other people space to mess up too. And like you said, it's just a matter of being aware and I, maybe I didn't do so hot this time, but can I try again next time? Right. You know, you bring up an interesting point. Um, and I think I learned it. Oh my gosh. Years and years ago, I read a book. It's now a movie. I totally, it's not coming to me. Um, the shack and, and inside the shack, there's a spot where God is talking to the main character and, and then, and the main character is like, Oh my gosh, I've learned this already. Like, why do I have to keep like the layers of the onion? And, and somewhere in there, God says, but we, we have an agreement that it's going to take you 95 times to learn this lesson. <laughs> no. And, right. And we, we have a little temper tantrum, but for me, when I can go back to that, that's a concept that actually works for me. And because then I go, okay, I'm progressing. And every time I come back to this, it's not as, it's not as intense or it's not as painful and I can more easily get back to a peaceful state. So I can do that with myself with more grace and ease. But the beautiful thing is, is I can do that with the people around me. And again, sometimes I'm really awesome at it. Sometimes I really suck at it depending on my own demeanor. But I think when we're looking at mistakes that uh, we can just go, I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Yes, I've had to be here 18 times, but I only have 25 more to go. 
Oh. <laughs> you you know I know you're laughing because you know me. I know me. <laughs> and and yeah, it's it's uh it's a challenge to be patient with those kinds of things, um especially those of us who are impatient and want it now. <laughs> but I know that when we take the time to really let those lessons soak in that you know, we really we start to see our superstars. Well, uh, I, I, I sense from your TED talk and I sense from some of the things you're saying this morning that sexuality was a big part of the deconstructing of the system around you to a large extent. I know from talking to Mikkel as my friend that, that her sexuality was a big part of her awakening and deconstructing. And here I am, I'm over here, you know, you both females. Um, I'm a, I'm a privileged white European male. And we joke in our, we joke in our, our, you know, heterosexual. Yeah. Heterosexual. I'm a heterosexual male. So sexuality, my sexuality is certainly, it wants to be its fullest self and, and the world doesn't necessarily want that, but it was much easier. It wasn't, it wasn't my, it wasn't my big thing as I awoke. I took it for granted that my sexuality was basically accepted. And what I recognize as I look around, whether it's feminism, whether it's being a female, whether it's being a person of color, whether it's being somebody with a different uh, sexual orientation, or whatever other diversity is out there, the waking up from the system that you're in and recognizing your system no longer has the answers that satisfy you, and now feeling open to go explore the world it really does cross all boundaries. Like it's not just a race thing. It's not just a sexual orientation thing. It's not just a, um, the, the poverty level or the wealthiness. It's not, uh, your station in life. It's not the country you live in. It's like the universe is calling all of us to wake up. And yet so few of us do, um, maybe talk for a moment, Jennifer, about just the idea of waking up, the idea of, of recognizing like there's a bigger world out there and, and maybe some of the truths you've learned from, from having gone through that. Okay. Wow. That's a big one. Um, my mind is like in 18 directions. Um, but I think where I want to start is I was probably, um, I really probably started to have an inkling of my sexuality while I was in college. Um, didn't really give it a lot of thought and attention other than I was being bad and I needed to stop. Um, but I remember standing as a 19 or 20 year old in, in Pocatello, Idaho, I was attending Idaho state university and I, I had this big sliding glass window that looked out across the parking lot into the beautiful apartments, you know, across the, the way. But beyond that, there was the Hills and, and I could see them and I looked, I would stand and look at them often. And one day as I was standing there, I had the most intense, kind of out of body experience of who who am I and where am I like I I knew those answers um in my brain but my heart was was and like my soul was like asking this big deeper question and kind of a a a provoking of like are you going to are you going to start finding these things out because I remember thinking I am so small and compared to all of a sudden I just saw this ginormous picture just by looking at the hills of like, there is so much more. And I'm just this little teeniest of specks. And I think that's kind of where it started for me. I've always had this deep love for people. And, um, and again, it kind of stayed within the constructs of, of my religion. And, 
And that worked for me until it didn't. And and looking back, I'm like, maybe it did never really. Um, other than it gave me some it gave me some good morals and values and things to keep me healthy um, in a lot of ways growing up. And it gave me safety places when I felt like I didn't have any. Um, about a year and a half ago, well, and in all of my travels, really, but a year and a half ago, I went to Cambodia. And they have a saying over there that really struck me in regards, and it, and it kind of goes back to this spot standing in Pocatello. Of, their saying is, same, same, but different. And if I remember right, it's kind of a it's kind of an Asian saying. And and the girls started saying that. And I'm like, what what is the same same but different? You'd ask them a question, they'd be like, ah, same same but different. And that actually was going to be the title of my TED talk, but how how all that works, it you know it kind of eked itself out. But this concept of same same but different really started to matriculate down through my system and. And, and marinate in my heart and my bones. And and I started having this greater awakening of all of the people who I'd seen in all of these different countries. And people started to come together, um, or, or thought process started to come together of, wait a minute, the people I saw in Ecuador are the, the same people that I saw in Panama. And they have the same hopes and dreams of the people I saw in Peru. And, and I heard similar stories when I was in Chile. And when I was in Bali and and it's just amazing how my world has opened up and and I've had these opportunities to travel and see exactly what you just spoke of is that it doesn't matter what the religion is. It doesn't matter what the sexual orientation is. It doesn't matter what the ethnicity is. We all have the same hopes and dreams. We all want to be loved. We all want to be heard and we all want to be seen. We just have different lenses and experiences through which we get to learn those lessons and have those experiences. Um, and, and as I talk to people about this, about when I hear people in judgment or I find myself in judgment, I have to remind myself that it's what I'm seeing people do and experience isn't who they are. It's just something they're experiencing. It's a way for them and a way for me to, to learn something if I choose to or if you choose to. It doesn't mean anything about us other than we're having an experience. And it, it, it cuts across all grains, all threads, all of that. I really like that same thing, but different. I remember you telling me about that when you went to Cambodia, but it's really cool to be reminded. I like it a lot. Thank you. I do, too. I do, too. And uh, I, I often have, get to remind myself of that. Same, same. Well, and the thing is, I guess I guess some of the deeper part of that is, um, you know, we're afraid of different. And yet at the same time, we seek it out. Like if you really look at it, um, think about think about going into a delicatessen and or a bakery and and you have these counters full of all these different kinds of yummy goodness that you just want to get your hands on and and you're inside your mouth and and they're full of different colors and they have different ingredients and they have all these different shapes and sizes and we seek that stuff out we seek after it's the true things, right and then think about vacations 
Like we get tired of being where we're at sometimes and we need newness. So what do we do? We look for a desert or we look for someplace that has different kinds of trees or someplace that has different kinds of mountains. We seek out the difference. We seek after these things. And then we bring that back around to people. Hmm. And for some reason, we, in my experience, with the majority of people, now not everybody, and, and I was included in that majority not too many years ago. And, and honestly, sometimes I still am because I, I still have belief systems that feel scary to, to completely break down. But when it comes to people, I feel like we really want to stick to what's same, same thinking, same beliefs, same, you know, the way we dress, the same activities, because it feels safe. And we're not willing. It's much easier to connect with a place because we don't have to ask that place. How do you feel? What do you think? But with a person, they might test our belief systems and they might test our heart, our heart systems. And so it's much easier to, to stick with what we know with same, same. But in reality, our hearts seek the different. They seek the lines or to cross the lines and the, to seek the lights. And those lights, again, can be anything. You uh I think you hit on something deep, which is, yes, all humans crave variation and novelty, right? We want different experiences. And yet you pointed out, like, in various stages of our life, we demand conformity. We demand that the person next to me, the the way I judge that I am safe is that the person next to me believes the same thing I do. And yet in every other aspect of our life, like our family right now is planning a a family vacation. We're trying to decide between going to San Diego or going to the Grand Canyon. (laughs) And it's because we want to something different than Southern Utah, right? We want some form of variation. We want some sense of novelty, some new experience. Um, I do want to ask you, what what do your spiritual practices look like today? In a, in a space where, you know, and again, I'm making assumptions about you, but a recognition like, okay, here's my beliefs, but I could be wrong too now. Like, I think we all on this side of life realize, like, I probably have some things wrong and I probably have some things right. Um, how have you navigated your spiritual practices today while still being skeptical, but also diving in? Like, we're all doing these these um, juxtaposed things, these things that seem like they're contrary at times where we invest ourselves in something, but we're also skeptical. Um, how, do, how does, what does spiritual practice look like you in 2020? Oh, that's a, that's a super, super great question. Um, and, and honestly, I'm still, I'm still in the middle of figuring that out. Um, I was, I was raised LDS and there are parts of that that still, still work for me as far as some of, of the, values, you know, they're so deeply ingrained that I still get to test all of that. And it does feel like just about everything I do goes against the grain. And it's been super uncomfortable um, to to ask questions of all of those things. And so what what happened for me is, you know, I know a lot of people come out of of that particular religion and others and others as well as, as I have talked with people in ways, you know, where they find out some some things about history and, and all of that. But my path wasn't like that. It really was a I wanted to know something different. Some uh, sometimes I hesitate to use the words uh, a higher knowledge. Um, and when I say that, I'm not I'm not meaning like in a I'm better than you kind of way. I just feel like there was more. And so I started seeking out spiritual text. 
I started speaking out, pe- seeking out people who um, were spiritual thought leaders. And, you know, I, I started getting into things like um, Course of Miracles, uh, conversations with God, and just these ways that allowed me to, <clears throat> if, I, if I was willing to see God and religion in a different way. Um, for me, I, just, I didn't like praying the way – I got to a point where I didn't like praying the way that I was taught. It felt very sterile and very um, um, almost homogenized. Like it just – it was all the same. And I wanted to be able to have conversations with God like I'm having with you and or that I would have with a best friend. And so I just I just started talking to him like that. I'm like, "Hey God, so um, I'm going to I'm going to drop the terminology, the thy thou, the for all the formalities and I just want to know you like I would a friend." And and I just started having this different kind of relationship, like bringing him more to me or or maybe it's me more to him because for me he's always there. I'm the one who walks away. Um but I also started to see how much bigger this God energy is than than what I had been taught and what I had been practicing. And in doing so, it allows me to have more grace uh, for myself. It allows me to have more space to make mistakes and realize that it's okay. It's just part of this learning process. And again, I, it's one more time off of how many times it takes to learn that lesson. Um, I do meditation. I, I love the quiet moments. Um, wow, this story just came to mind. Do you guys care if I share this story that uh, I think really goes along with what we're asking here? We're the reason we're interviewing you, Jennifer, is to hear your <laughs> stories. We love it. <laughs> so there was a point in my life where I, I had this, I call it spiritual learning by fire hose. I had two or three years of just intense, intense learning, of learning things that weren't in my you know, everyday Sunday class learning. And and it was so amazing. And I wanted to tell people and and I was told um, and when I say I was told this is in my mind, in my heart that I couldn't share it yet because people weren't ready for it. And it would be it would be abusive because it would be really, really like throwing a rock against a glass, their glass window. And but what I did is I started running and I started running as a way to honestly run away from my life. But as I did this, so I lived very close to the foothills. I'd, I'd stick on my shoes. I'd, I'd close the door behind me, and I'd just head for the hills. And within a mile and a half, I could be above the city in the quiet, you know, with <laughs> with the telephone poles and an occasional deer and coyote and just stillness. And as I would was up there running, I could I learned to start sensing the energy of the hills around me, and I learned to start sense the God that's in everything. And as I did this, I started to ask questions. I asked, I asked questions in regards to my own life. I asked questions in regards to spirituality. I asked questions in regards to my sexuality, in regards to my religion, anything I could think of. And what started happening is I got answers. And some of those answers came immediately. Like I didn't have to wait a long time. And on two separate occasions, um, I don't talk about this very often, but on two separate occasions, I actually had visions, like stop me in my tracks visions where everything around me turned into something different. And I can see them as clear today as I saw them nine or 10 years ago when it happened. And so what I learned is I I didn't run away from my life. 
And even though I was learning all these different things, what was happening is I was running into my life. And I and going back to the question of Mikhail of how did I gain courage to start taking steps is the reality is I just started taking steps, running steps. And I started gaining courage and confidence and learning and wisdom and a connection with a higher power that I had never had before. And I think in all of that, that gave me the strength and the courage and increased vulnerability to then start taking some of those bigger, scarier steps. So my spiritual practice today still can still um, maintains running or walking or some kind of movement questions, asking continual questions to a higher power, um, meditation, journaling, and um, listening to to other people who are on spiritual journeys. It's cool. I love it. You're always doing something adventurous and <laughs> maybe a little crazy. Like I, I watch your Facebook videos sometimes and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's outside. It's like 20 below <laughs> and I'm still in my bed. Right. And there's something magical about 20 below, but you don't know that unless you go and do it. Oh yeah, I do. I've been in 20 below. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cold. So, so I have this thought that um, popped up this morning. I was looking around my table and I think it goes right along with what we're talking about. And that is um, when we give ourselves abundant pleasure, then we have abundant pleasure to give to other people. And that, that's part of why I do what I do. Because one, it helps keep me happy and healthy. But then I know I have it to give to other people. You've just got this magical personality that I think is very easy for people to be drawn to. And you, you, you do, you love you love people, and I, I love I love that about you. I learn a lot from you every time I speak to you. Mm, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, you know, as, I, as I've been developing a business and things like that, I thought, what is, what is one of my underlying intentions? And uh, the, the one thing that keeps coming to mind is when people have an opportunity to either sit with me or chat with me or be out on an adventure with me, the one feeling that I want them to have is that feeling of coming home. And so I appreciate you saying that, that, um, that validates, validates that I'm in a, in a good direction. Jennifer, what are, um, what are some of like the voices out there that you see wisdom in? Maybe what are some of the books that you've read that you would like say like, look, these have been deeply impactful on me. And I'm just always curious, what are the resources that another human being in this awakened space is pulling from? Oh, I love it. All of a sudden I'm like, oh no, I knew I should have gotten my stack of books out. Um, so for me, it started with, with things like Wayne Dyer. I love, I, I took a, a, a little class in college where I got to listen to audio tapes back in the day when like cassette tapes were the big thing. And I came across Wayne Dyer and it just, it struck something so deep in me. Like this is the thing. This is the thing I've been searching for for the last 19 years of my life, and it set me on a path. So Wayne Dyer for sure. Um, these days I like to listen to uh, Gabrielle Bernstein, Marie Forleo. I love Don Miguel Ruiz and the Four Agreements. Um, he also has like <clears throat> the Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Um, oh, love, love, love. Brene Brown, uh, she hits, she hits some stuff just so spot on. Um, what else? I love some stuff from Course in Miracles. It, it really opens up the world. Um, man, those are some of the faves that can just come right off the top of my head. 
So all of these, all of these books that caused me to have mind-bending experiences and start thinking in a different way really were just I was drawn to all of that stuff and and can still continue to be although these days it doesn't bend it quite as much <laughs> I have I have a greater understanding of those things and uh, man I would recommend any that anybody read any of that stuff love it love it I uh I, I would just throw out I don't know if you read the fifth agreement with Miguel Ruiz yes, oh, yes. yeah and it's and- been many years but I love it yeah, it was a it was an easy, quick read, and every single page seemed like it was full of like deep universe, millions of year old truths. Right? I don't know. I don't know about you, but when I read, I like I I listen to Audible a lot, but I do like to have a book in my hands and a pen. And when I find books like that, I have to be careful because I would underline the whole book because it's so amazing. <laughs> and then right, then nothing's important because it's all right. important, right? Right. And that's just it. Nothing's important. Because it's all important, and yet it's not. Oh, love it. Good stuff. Very cool. What kind of things do you like to listen to or read? Um, Mikkel, you go first. Um, I, I, I love Brene Brown as well. She's like one of my favorites. And Gabrielle Bernstein, too. Um, I love her meditation practices. Yes. Um, and The Four Agreements, when I first read it, I was in – still trying to make the religious system and those constructs work work and so it just i read it and was like i don't know it's (laughs) mostly bullshit but whatever and then i listened to it again and it was like my mind exploded yes and understanding and just it it was like the new again i don't know it was so weird and then I, i i also loved the fifth agreement because of his analogy of of we're all watching a different movie the movie that i'm seeing in my head is entirely different than the movie that you've got playing in yours and so having that understanding um really when i remember it makes it easier to have some patience and compassion and um allows me to give space to people who are different or who like maybe i'm in a struggle you know it it gives me space to allow that struggle for other people. Um, and I'm trying to think there, the anatomy of peace has been great book. Great. I love, I love that book. It's so good. Um, and then I just, I just got a new one. I, because I'm like you, Jen, I need to have something in my hands. (laughs) We have, we have audible, but some books I just need in my hands. And so I just got a new one called bird by bird. Oh, yeah, it's going to be good. I can't wait to hear about it. This morning as I was taking a bath, I uh, <laughs> I sometimes have to like say to myself, Jen, put down the thinker books and just read something for entertainment. So this morning <laughs> I, <laughs> I picked up a book called The Lightning Queen. It's like a youth book. And uh, I'm into like chapter three and I'm, I'm excited to like read something different. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know who else I really love is um, – the Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Oh, Bill loves and that book too. That is a great book. And uh, and then Byron Katie has amazing like- stuff. The work. Yeah. Really fantastic. Way to start looking at, at our lives and seeing things differently and healing from what we know to, again, I'm air quoting, to be true. So, Jen, what's what's next for you? Like, what's 
what's on your docket for this year and maybe what's something that you are looking forward to? Oh my gosh. So this year's going to be a big year. Um, I really have set some things out there as far as my business. I I've actually hired a business coach to give me some extra guidance on creating systems to actually get all of this stuff in my head and in my heart put out in a way that um, works simpler for me and will help my clients as well. So I intend to take some more clients this year uh, either. And I started a group coaching class on Facebook called Smear the Fear Adventures 365. It actually is a paid coaching group. Um, and I thought, you know, what? I've, for me, it's more about understanding my value and honoring my own value which means it's okay for me to charge for my services. I've done a lot of stuff for years for free. And so this year, my intent is to really become okay with charging for the things that I do. And so I, I have found an inexpensive way for people to get in on my coaching via the Facebook group. Again, I'll take clients. Um, and then creating these amazing adventures for people who want to really step out into their adventurous selves. Um, so I, I tell people, one of the things I do is I teach people and women um, how to have fun again through overcoming faulty beliefs and making fear your friend. So we've created a river run uh, that's a, a float trip down the middle fork of the Salmon River. And it's kind of a create your own adventure where you can float and you can run slash hike if you want to for five days, six days in the Frank Church Wilderness in just beautiful country where you can connect with soul, connect with universe, connect with other people. We're also taking a group of 10 people to Cambodia to play, to serve, to learn. Uh, that's going to take place in October. So those are the big things coming up. And then just all the little adventures that will be taking place in between all of that. Oh, yeah. My, my wife just walked in. She's like, hello, you host a trail race. Uh, I do host a trail race in September or excuse me, in August. Oh, my gosh. April. Let me rephrase it. I host a trail race in April. <laughs> <laughs> so it's coming up really soon That's uh, that run on a dormant vol volcano here uh, about a half hour from where I live. And it's pretty spectacular. So and then just, again, learning how to learning how to connect better with myself, how to continue loving myself on higher levels and then and then teaching people how to do the same. That really is um, one of my biggest desires in life is to come into my own, really understand my own wholeness. I don't believe we're broken people. Sometimes we get banged up and, and dented in, but <clears throat> I'm a huge believer that we're whole people and we're just learning about our wholeness. So my intention is to continue learning about my own wholeness so that um, I can assist others in, in recognizing that in themselves. It's awesome. I think so. That's <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Bill. What are your thoughts? What are you thinking? Um, man, I just I love the conversation. I, I, I enjoy any time you're sitting down with a human being uh, who's who's gone through all of this deconstruct uh, deconstruction, this reevaluating of life, and has found a new way to do things. And they're smiling and they're enjoying it. And Jennifer, you've got a beautiful smile, and you just seem you seem happy. And you seem like you're rocking it. I, I'm just I'm happy for people. I'm proud of people. Uh, as they go through this process and they wake up to themselves and they wake up to how big and beautiful the world is. Yeah. And Jennifer, everything you said in the, and today and everything you said in your Ted talk seems to capture that. I just, I'm just happy for you. I'm just glad that, 
that life has taken a twist and turns that that have that have been good for you and and that you're happy and that you're finding fulfillment in life oh thank you i appreciate that um i mean we're human we still we still have our stuff but uh yeah for the most part i i'm a seeker of happiness so thank you for that i appreciate it i asked jen what her closing song was going to be <laughs> and she she told me that we should play Katy Perry's I kissed a girl and I liked it but then she texted back and was like no don't play that one I, <laughs> I love it it's it is true it's so true but there's a better song who <laughs> what's better than kissing a girl well it's true I think most of you know that <laughs> oh yeah I think I gave you a second song, Mikkel. What is it? Oh, I've got to find it. I just want to say thanks, Jen. I I can't tell you how instrumental you've been in my journey and the things that I've learned from you. Um, I probably, I may still be in the closet if it hadn't been for you. Oh, thank you. And Mikkel, can, we, can we tell that story really fast? Because I think it's funny. And it, it is funny. Cool. It is funny. Do we have, we have time, Bill, right? Yeah, let's do it. So we're, we're, we're in this coaching group. Um, Jen and I, we like, how long have we known each other? Four or five years? I think longer than that. Yeah, I don't, I, I honestly can't pinpoint. But anyway, we're in this coaching group. I'm still married to my husband at this time, still heavily into my religious system, just trying to figure things out. And I, I couldn't understand. I had done all of these things to, to fix myself and try and feel better. And I still was feeling miserable. And she was super struggling, like in ways oh. that I'm like, I, I'm beyond like how to actually help this person. And I had, I was clueless. Yeah. And so there were, there were other experiences that had started happening in my life and, and started shifting. And I, Bill knows the story. I, I started having feelings for another person, another female. And I sat with that for a couple of months and Jen, I knew she was gay and she was with someone and we had developed a friendship where I felt safe enough that I could talk to her about things. I asked to hear her story at one point and just was trying to have an understanding. And it was like summer, uh, summertime. And I called you. <laughs> like <laughs> and, you called me and I, I seriously was so concerned because <clears throat> at this point I'm thinking, I don't, I don't know if she's going to make it through another day of life. Like this is how, yeah immense the pain was yeah and I had I had been crying and I was on the phone crying and she she was like Mikkel what what is going on I don't I couldn't even get words out I was crying so hard and I finally calmed down and I said what did I say I don't even remember I, I asked you I think I took a google quiz or something <laughs> I think well I was I was at a in my car parked at a four-way stop at, at Woodruff and, and 17th Street. Like, I remember like it was yesterday. And, and, you, I just said, and you said, I think I, like I might be gay. <laughs> and she starts laughing just like that. Well, it's because you said, and I like you. Oh, yeah. I said, I like you. Because I do. And it was, it was beautiful because it was this moment where I could just say, okay. All right, now we can get to the real stuff. And, you know, thank you for that honor and for that gift. And let's move forward. Yeah, so, yeah. but you you laughing at me, I, I was so confused. Like, should I be offended? <laughs> or <laughs> I think but, I was probably laughing at myself. 
And and then you said to me, Mikkel, if you are Googling it and taking quizzes, you probably are. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. These are conversations that we could have a whole nother podcast on. So but thank you for sharing that little that little tidbit. I think it's I think it's worth sharing. I think it's a tender part of, of our story and our friendship and. Maybe just a fun way to end. Yeah. So on that note, we're playing I Kissed a Girl and I Liked It? No, we're playing Do Life Big. <laughs> Do Life Big. Jamie Grace. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Jennifer. Um, thank you again, Bill, for, again, getting up early, taking the time to ask the questions. Thanks for watching the TED Talk and, and putting it out there. And just for the good work that you guys do, Mikkel, I, I appreciate, again, your story and the journey that you've been on and that we've been able to cross paths, it, it really enlightens my life. And uh, I look forward to doing this again with you guys. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Absolutely. Love you so much. Love it. Hey, really quick, Jennifer, would you just point the listeners to where they can find out more about you? I'll make sure I include the link to the TED Talk, but yeah. what's what's the website or what's what's a way people can contact you? Yeah, they can, they can go to my website, which is going to have some new stuff at the end of today, which is the 4th of January. It is the Jennifer Saunders. Dot com. They can also email me at the Jennifer Saunders at Gmail. And then uh, you, know, you can look me up on Facebook and, and feel free to come in and uh, invest a few dollars in yourself uh, for the year. It's $333 for a year long coaching. And I would love to have any listener who wants to be a part of that to have you come and join the fun of that of the year and add your your special sauce to the group because it only gets better with more people. Yeah, sounds like fun, guys. I would I would certainly check it out. This has been another Almost Awakened episode. Check us out at almostawakened.org, where you can check out past episodes, make a donation to keep this podcast running, email us a question or comment, or find out more about the resources shared in today's episode. For coaching opportunities or extra support, visit nonsensespirituality.com to meet with certified spiritual director, Brittany Hartman.